You have reached the voice mailbox of Game Thing, Season 4, Horror. You have 17 new messages. Thursday, the 2nd of March, at 5.20 p.m. Hey, David. I am here with our next pick for horror, and the game is Saturnalia, uh, which is developed and published by Santa Ragione. Uh, it was released late last year, 2022, and it's a survival horror game. They describe it uh, as follows, quote, a survival horror adventure. Play as a cast of characters exploring an isolated village of ancient ritual. Its labyrinthine roads will change each time you lose all your characters. End quote. So I think that there might be some relationships, just reading that, to Sweet Home, which I'm interested in. Um, I was a little preoccupied last time with whether you can be afraid in a kind of ensemble cast of people, and it sounds like this game will be a version of that. It's also described as neon folk horror, which I am <laughs> very curious to explore and see. And this is a game I did actually play a bit of uh, as part of IGF Jury Duty, I think, either a year ago or two years ago. And should also note that Santa Ragione gave us a key for the game uh, very kindly. So that's it. It's set up. Let's go explore a village that changes. Spooky, spooky, bye. Thursday, the 2nd of March, at 7.30 p.m. Captain's Log, stardate uh, Thursday, March 2nd, 6.27 p.m., right after dinner. And let's talk a little bit about Saturnalia, Pippin Barr's final pick for Game Thing. Uh, so Wikipedia tells me that Saturnalia is an ancient Roman festival and holiday in honor of the god Saturn. It was celebrated with a sacrifice at the temple of Saturn in the Roman Forum and a public banquet. There was private gift giving, continual partying, and a carnival atmosphere that overturned Roman social norms. Uh, in other words, like a big cultural cheat day. Uh, and so in this game, you play as four characters. You start off playing as a young woman who's coming back to this town, I guess, to pack up and leave and sort of get some closure uh, about a pregnancy. And uh, I played about half hour, which was long enough to feel like I got to start in, and more importantly, it was long enough to die. And that felt like a significant milestone to call you up and talk a bit about it. Um, so there was this whole on-ramping thing, you drive over a bridge, you're getting into town, you get acclimated, you have to find your way home, and on the way there, you start collecting matches, and, you know, doesn't seem like anything significant at first, but then by the time you make it to your house, I had like 29 matches, and I was like, alright, well, this is going to be that kind of game, I guess, where, you know, the light will shine your way and will be, you know, very crucial to just uh, maybe protecting you, getting around. And indeed, by nightfall, um, it's pretty damn dark. Uh, and then you have this whole anxiety around, you know, should I use the matches now? Is that okay? Like, am I screwing myself later? 
and um, you know, I saw the demon or something in the church. I tried to get away, but also, I don't know why, I did the same thing in Mirror Layers. I was like, oh, well, maybe you're supposed to get trapped and get caught, or maybe the enemy is supposed to help you. Uh, but no, I mean, I don't know what's with me, why I think after this really good, um, you know, tense, the colors are interesting and we're talking about setup. I was like, oh yeah, lion, let me just, uh, <laughs> let me just get in your mouth. Um, so this character died and then there's a twinge as a game player of, oh man, like, should I start over? Should I try to get it right? Um, but then there's this thing in Saturnalia, um, We've been talking about wanting games to be more punitive to us in horror. Um, the roads change each time you play. The village changes every time you play. And so there's this feeling of like, even if I start over, it's not going to be the same thing. Um, but tell me a little, about, a little bit about how the sequence hit you, where you're at. What's your experience been with the roller coaster so far? Friday, the 3rd of March at 10.59 a.m. Buongiorno, David. Hello from icy Montreal. Montreal on ice, where it is slippery and treacherous, not unlike the fictional village of Gravoi in Sardinia, uh, where the action of Saturnalia is taking place. Love the image of a big cultural cheat day uh, as a description of a kind of carnival atmosphere. And... It's a really interesting contrast, too, with the dark bleakness of the village where you basically don't see other people. Um, they're always kind of rushing away from you, except for your friends. And the potential for people to behave in an untoward manner is threatening immediately. The thing, I think, that um, strikes me with the game up top, having played it for, I guess, about an hour, is... The amount of detail and thought that has clearly gone into its world, and that is in real contrast, I think, with other games that we've played, in the way that the game has a lot of subtle detail, mundane detail, and dramatic detail, uh, all the way through it. For instance, even uh, before you start the game, the desktop icon is an eye on a box of matches, which you know evokes a central theme of the game around needing matches to cast light. Uh, but it also evokes the occult and the evil eye, uh, all in a little icon. Pretty cool. And other small touches, uh, like your car license plate on arrival is STRN4L14, which spells out Saturnalia. Maybe that's a bit much, but I, I liked it. I was, it was a sign from the game that you should pay attention, uh, because they are going into detail. Um... And then, you know, more powerful details, the pregnancy, Anita being pregnant, and, and I think also having the ultrasound with her is really a powerful symbol there. Um, obviously, it makes Anita being killed twice as bad, so I'm sorry that that happened uh, to your Anita and her unborn child. Uh, my one is still alive. And one more detail. Um, there are so many. I made this, this is a game of detail. When you arrive, there's a, a banner up for the Festa di Santa Lucia, um, so I looked that up and, you know, on Wikipedia, who do you think I am? And this is a celebration of a saint, uh, Lucia of Syracuse, Syracuse, um, who brought food to Christians hiding in the Roman catacombs. 
and she's because her name right lucia means light so she's a kind of a saint of light and of sustenance i guess and she's importantly celebrated on the shortest uh, day of the year uh, prior to calendar reforms wikipedia tells me so it's a festival of light but of course we're in darkness and one little extra detail uh, quote children are asked to leave some coffee for lucia a carrot for the donkey and a glass of wine for castaldo don't know who that is they must not watch Santa Lucia delivering her, her gifts, or she will throw ashes in their eyes, blinding them. Friday, the 3rd of March, at 4.59pm. Hey Pippin, it's David. I'm just calling you back. After um, spending about an hour and a half playing Saturnalia, also looking at snow today. And as far as Saturnalia goes, just to keep you know, fleshing out the context here. So basically you play as four different characters who, for different reasons, find themselves in this village and all need to escape. Um, I've only met half of them. So Anita is a, uh, she's trying to evaluate a mining settlement for a potential buyer. Paul is a photojournalist who recently got a letter from his biological parents to his adoptive parents telling them to never let him go to this village. Sounds spooky. And uh, most of the game so far seems to be about discovering loose ends in this town and then figuring out how to get the hell out of Dodge. Um, and so when you're dropped in as each character so far, you poke around and it sort of opens up. You know, like in movies there's like or TV, there's like, this trope where you see like someone planning a big thing, trying to figure out a big conspiracy, and they have these pushpins and twine, usually red twine, to photos on the wall. Um, each sort of loose end you find in the game opens up this like crazy expansive web of tasks that you have to do. Maybe some are optional. I don't know. Um, and my sense so far, after an hour and a half, is you probably have to screw up a lot of these things to understand like what you ought to be doing and where you ought to be going. Um, and I think, you know, that's <laughs> where my panic set in with Anita, unintentionally sacrificing her, because I wasn't sure if that was supposed to happen. Um, and maybe open up other things, but I can report, I can confirm she is still alive, things are fine. Um, maybe not fine, but she's alive. Uh, more on that later. But, you know, so far, I think that's sort of indicative about what Saturnalia is about, which is uh, navigating a very confusing environment. I mean, the streets are all sort of nondescript. There's a big, huge map you're trying to get around. And so, I mean, as far as horror goes, like, all that is the backdrop. Um, to me, it feels a little like the movie Predator, where there's like a dance that goes on with this monster. You know, there's just this horrible clicking noise, and you have to make a call. Do you run? Do you hide? Or maybe try to face it. I think, Paul, you can stun the monster with your camera. Um, but really, you know, all that context out of the way, I think, like, what I really want to hear your thoughts on is just how the world is sketchy. Like, the colors, the graphics are like stop-motion concept art with minimal coloring, emphasis on light sources. And I think, to me, it all sort of underlines, like, how little you are in control. Um, but how's that hitting you? Friday, 
the 3rd of March at 5.32 p.m. Friday, the 3rd of March at 10.22 p.m. Evening, David. Well, geez, how little we are in control indeed. A reasonable observation in this game. And if we've learned one thing, I think, from all the horror games um, we've played so far, it's that really the key to horror is destabilizing the player's sense that they know what's happening. And by they, I mean we. And Saturnalia, uh, I think, is doing this in a million ways all at once. Um, the village is confusing, right? It's hard to navigate. And the fact that there are helpful maps and arrows around almost makes it worse somehow. Like, you could know your way around, but you do not. Uh, and importantly, the village itself is known to be unstable and malleable, right? Um, it claims that this only happens when you lose all of your characters, uh, but can you trust it, or is it reshuffling quietly while you're not looking? There's even a reshuffle village option in a menu, which is <laughs> terrifying. When I saw it, I said, come on. Um, the village is, of course, dark, uh, but punctuated with neon colors, uh, which make it feel darker, right? There's a bunch of these sorts of counterpoints they use very successfully to emphasize uh, how lost you are and how much you can't see. Uh, and the village is essentially menacing, I think, especially with your info on the meaning of the Saturnalia festival. It's hard not to think about something like the Wicker Man and being burned alive by the locals. Um, and, of course, you're not just there to fight the monster or flee from the monster, you have to figure a whole lot of stuff out, right? And there's, it's worth mentioning that there is this explicit kind of corkboard with red string effect going on in one of the user interface elements you can bring up so that you can see just how much you don't know what is going on. Saturday, the 4th of March at 12.42 a.m. Hey, Pippin, it's David. What is going on? Well, now you're speaking my language. Not sure I got the answers, though. So I've said over and over, um, I haven't played a lot of horror games. And somewhere around the mirror layers this season, I observed, uh, wow, I didn't realize how many puzzle, puzzles there are in horror games. And I don't really think it matters how quote-unquote good or involved the puzzles are, or how clever they are. Like, I've come to realize, like, it's all about getting you to focus on something else so you can be put off kilter, you know, um, like a boxer in the ring. You just, you know, leave yourself open to getting punched somewhere you weren't <laughs> prepared for. So, um, you know, it stands to reason as you get four characters going here, you know, there's a whole network of minds you have to go in and explore. There's this, that all over. You know, you can't just drive out of town. You have to keep the monster at bay. There's all these things you have to collect. You have a million chores, no map. And even your list to figure out what you're supposed to do really isn't much help. So without the monster, it's pretty stressful. And I think there's something to what you're saying, that we can't trust anything the game is telling us, even as it should be. Like... <clears throat> You know, I noticed just the little bit of poking around I did in the mines. Um, that's an environment that forces you to use the matches. And so I got a lot less precious about it down there. 
And I noticed every time you let it get dark for too long, you run the risk of winding up somewhere else, I think, maybe at the start, maybe not even facing the same direction. And it doesn't even matter, you know, whether you move the joystick or not, you just wind up totally disoriented. And, you know, I timed it. Do you know how long the average match lasts? About twice as long as that. It lasts for about 20 seconds. Um, which means that in so many micro, macro ways, Saturnalia is reminding you uh, you're either literally or figuratively in the dark. So how are you doing walking into the light? Does making progress somehow detract from the scares? You know, does um, being emboldened make you feel uh, invulnerable? In some ways. Saturday, the 4th of March at 10.23 p.m. Good evening, sir. It is Pippin. I'm continuing to make my way through the dark night of Saturnalia. I now am playing as Anita, Paul, and Sergio. I guess there's one more character that remains to be unlocked in some way and you know the tangled web of clues and items and ideas and places uh grows more and more tangled that um you know that map and the user interface is all over the place um there are loose ends everywhere i look and questions and i think that's part of my answer to that you know that question of does making progress in the game make it less scary um, progress just doesn't feel like progress in this game. I, I feel like the more I learn, it's the more I, I see that I don't understand what's happening and that everything is, is somehow up in the air um, in, in quite a wonderful way, in a spooky way, in a scary way. And I think a big part of that is that the game is committed to characters with some complexity uh, you know, we just came from Sweet Home, where a person is characterized by whether they carry uh, a vacuum cleaner uh, or a lighter. Whereas here we now have, you know, a woman who has come back to tell the married father of her unborn child that it's a boy, uh, or someone who's come back to care for his terminally ill father um and has a drug addiction and you know these are different people and they feel very very real and so when they're embroiled in this horrible monster chasing uh experience that it, it registers very differently and uh, by the way I, I think this is very on brand for um santa ragione the the studio that did this they 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 put a lot of work into stories feeling unique and complicated and diverse um, as well. So, with all of that in your mind, still the fundamental activity, right, is walking on in these dark village streets and being stalked by a monster. Uh, but because of all of that context, and because, as you say, of the puzzles and this, this need to find out what's going on, um, and the fact that that drives a constant need to traverse the village to, you know, get to the pharmacy, to get to the mines, to get to the hardware store, the church, the bell tower. Um, it's a beautiful um, 
piece of design work that makes something as simple as walking uh, completely, completely integral to the to the horror experience. That it's scary to be out on those streets, not knowing where you're going, uh, and not knowing what you're going to find. Uh, what have you found? Good night. Saturday, the fourth of March at eleven thirty-two p.m. Hey, Pippin, it's David. I just wanted to call and wish you a happy Saturdalia. Get it? So, there's an interesting fork in the road here, because you got Sergio, who I do not have. Um, I got Claudia instead, and I wonder if it has something to do with uh, my inadvertent sacrifice and then subsequent rescue of Anita, uh, or... You know, was it just the fact that I stumbled into uh, the arcade area store building? I'm not sure what it was, where Claudia was in the back. Uh, or was it something else? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a crazy thing when you know you're on the right track in a video game when you're confused. And I think Saturnalia uh, locks this impressive high-wire uh, balancing act of continuing to do this to you more. You know, I think it sounds pretty straightforward. You get control of more kids. You have to, more reasons to go all over town. But it's more complicated than that. Like, and I, I sort of, in a meta way, want to explore the sort of absurdity of we're praising this game for being a mess, for being confusing. Um, if, I feel like maybe we've already gone over it enough, but I do want to ask, you know, as the resident game developer, like, why is this a good kind of mess versus just a soupy, um, bad kind of mess? Not that it has to be good, bad, but uh, there's something here where it's not a deterrent, you know, to keep digging in, and I'm I'm wondering why. Um, I mean, I'm very aware you and I have this very specific lens we're playing through, and I don't think we can ever fully detach that from just, like, we're also just, you know, people playing a game and then also looking at it in a different way. But I'm, I'm curious how you sort of separate out those two sides. Um, and then I'm sorry to just further switch into my interviewer mode here, but I think what's also worth talking about is sort of decentering here from only talking about the kids. And I think it's worth talking a bit about, like, what makes Saturnalia distinct or different as far as like the way we're being hunted um by the monster we've talked about a couple of these one is you know this thing we've seen before you know that you will never escape just like that's baked into the menus even um you know you're gonna be stuck in these loops forever two is the color which i which are important i feel like the colors change based on the noises you make and how loud they are. I feel like the game is giving you information there, but I can't quite figure it out. Three is, of course, at least so far, you're largely defenseless. Um, but we haven't talked about the monster much, and sorry to saddle you with so many questions, but, you know, that's Saturdalia for you. Sunday, the 5th of March, at 1.03 p.m. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, I guess you're out and about this sunny afternoon. Uh, well, sunny in Montreal. I don't know how it is where you are. I have actually met Claudia, too. She's um, in a Trattoria playing an arcade game. 
that arcade game, by the way, is um, Photonica, which is another one of Santa Ragione's um, games. little reference in there. Uh, I don't have her in my party um, because it tells me I need to go and talk to her dad, and I haven't done that yet. I guess you have. Um, but actually, her dad leads me to one of the the kind of key features of this village for me in terms of horror, uh, which is that it is not uninhabited. Uh, the people who are around that you sort of see walking on the streets are often people from the plot, from the narrative, right? Uh, notably, you can run into Damiano uh, in the church, who we hate. We can maybe talk about how much we hate Damiano at some point. It's very relevant. Uh, and it's also possible to run into Claudia's dad just on the street walking by. Um, when I was playing as Paul just after seeing Claudia, um, a person walked past who he identified as her dad, and I tried to chase him um, to, to talk to him, but I lost him in the windy streets, of course, right? But that idea that there are people, real people in the foggy darkness that we want to find, um, who we are kind of hunting ourselves, is, you know, it's, it's another really great counterpoint to the, the fundamental activity in the game, which is being stalked by a monster. Um, because, you know, it gives you a reason to go towards a shadowy figure in the middle distance rather than instantly fleeing. Um, but most importantly, like I said, it makes the village feel like people live there. Uh, it's not just theatrical scenery for the scares to happen in. Uh, you know, there are people in the houses, they have families, they have troubles of their own. Um, and your, your experience is taking place around that. It's a real place. So in a way, the monster is almost sidelined by this stuff, right? Like your character's personal missions don't involve this monster. There are other people you run into and investigate who we don't know if they're connected to the monster or not. Um, and yet at the same time, the monster is the true fundamental, right? It's the, the core truth is that it's coming for you. Um, and all of that feeds into, I don't know, something that I think is so important in the kinds of horror that I personally appreciate, which is not showing it, not making a big deal out of it, right? Um, and I think that that's really central to why Saturnalia sustains that that feeling of tension and worry about the monster. You know, we don't see it, and it's it's kind of a humble monster in some ways, don't you think? Anyway, happy Sunday. Bye-bye. Sunday, the 5th of March, at 6.52 p.m. Hey, Pippins, David. Sorry we keep missing each other. I am indeed out and about. Um, it was snowy Friday, <sighs> rainy yesterday, suspiciously pleasant today, which I'm sure means tomorrow it'll be very unpleasant if I know my Chicago weather, which I do by now. So, um, I kind of want to hear everything you're saying. I kind of want to go back and re-underline the question I had asked explicitly which is about this tangled web, uh, Saturnalia, sets you in motion across four different principal uh, characters. Um, you know, it sounds to me like you're saying the reason maybe we're both feeling the horror at the capital H here is because so much of what each of these characters has to do is tending to personal 
business or things that, you know, to the individual is life or death um, outside of the other obvious life or death thing that's going on here. You know, my mind, I flash back on mirror layers where I feel like a lot of the uh, obtuseness and the puzzles and such had to do with, like, just figuring out what was going on. And I think that's part of what's going on in Saturnalia, but outside of, like, the business and the minds, which is, like, procure this tool, get these keys, a lot of the other quests, if you want to call them that, are indeed, like, talk to so-and-so's dad and show them the diary and, um, you know, just, just talk, basically. You know, versus, say, something that might be a more video gamey thing of, like, you know, construct the ultra-death laser or assemble the nine fragments of the Hellblade and, you know, I'm not even sure if we're meant to be fighting this beast at the end. Like, it's all very clearly, like, you gotta escape. Um, but is that, you know, am I hearing you right? Um, and if not, I mean, if there's other shading you want to put on it, I am all ears. Have a good one. Sunday, the 5th of March, at 10.37pm. David, it's me. Guess you're out on the town. Uh, I think there are, uh, there are a lot of reasons in Saturnalia for why we are feeling the horror. Um, maybe too many to even talk about, given the length of the tape, but... For sure, the personal underpinnings of the tasks uh, and the characters um, are central to that. For instance, uh, I, th I think maybe the finest horror sequence for me so far is the one in which I finally got to direct Anita to her lover, Damiano, who you're trying to find because you want to tell him about the unborn child that you have with him and to tell him that it's a boy. So I went through some relatively fraught work getting bolt cutters and all kinds of stuff to climb the scaffolding of the church and to find him in the bell tower. Um, and it's kind of a, it's this heartwarming scene. He says he's so happy and this, this is wonderful news and let's go down together. Um, and you descend the bell tower, and it seems like this was one of those things where it was successful, and I actually assumed that Damiano would be one of the characters that I would be able to play from there. Uh, but you continue walking, and at one point you walk through a doorway first, and he slams the door behind you, and he pulls on the bell ropes, which ring the bells, which summons the monster and tells you in that moment, I'm sorry, I can't allow you to have this child. And then the monster is there in the doorway, <laughs> which is a spectacular act of betrayal. And I ran, of course, as Anita, but in the confined space of the church, I was caught and dragged away, um, screaming. And now my mission as Anita is to get revenge on Damiano, which I absolutely love as well. That sort of transition from something kind of positive that she was trying to do to something <laughs> extremely negative and well-deserved. I hate Damiano uh, with a passion. What a dick. Um, but then in continuation, and this is, again, part of the genius of the game, right, is that you're not only Anita, so the game then... Uh, rushes the camera to Paul, who hears Anita scream, 
and is told that he should investigate where she was um, and to see if he can find her. And so you go there and there's a blood trail uh, and you follow it in the darkness. And eventually I found her in one of the small kind of open areas in the village, uh, chained to a kind of stake, um, clearly about to be sacrificed or prepared to be sacrificed. And this is like the central kind of premise of the game, right? Is if the monster catches you, the monster takes you to the sacrificial area and chains you to a stake. Um, with the idea being that if every one of your characters is captured in that way, then that's the end of the game. Um, but of course, as Paul, I found Anita, I cut her chains, and um, naturally, what else would happen? But the monster would then, of course, show up, and we both sprint off into the darkness, um, instantly lost and afraid. Um, so there's like the, there's the action-oriented nature of horror there, right? Running away from a monster, but the genius really there is the horror of what Damiano does, pushing um, Anita through the door, ringing the bells, summoning the monster, um, feeding Anita and her unborn child to this beast so cynically, um, and also indicating potentially some kind of complicitness uh, between the the village folk and the monster, right? Some endorsement of what the monster is doing, some necessity of what the monster is doing, perhaps. So there's just so much wrapped up in that, right? Uh, it's a beautiful sequence, and it seems one that can be created multiple times. Um, and then the other thing I really like is the monster itself, pretty unassuming. Um, and, it, you know, it's sort of human scale. I'm, I'm more than willing to believe that it's just some guy in a mask, for example, right? But we're afraid of it because we're normal people and it means us harm. We're not Leon Kennedy uh, ready to deal a death kick uh, to the monster's head, making it explode. We're just people, uh, people who don't even think of violence, you know, return violence in this situation. And I, I love that. We're defenseless like an amnesia. Uh, but not because the monsters are epic, but because we are human uh, and weak. Um, and I played some more tonight and quit while I was hiding <laughs> in a bin. Uh, the longer I spent in there, the longer I felt like a... Monday, the 6th of March, at 12.32pm. Monday. The 6th of March, at 5.26 p.m. Hey Pippin, it's David. I just finished playing Saturnalia for about an hour and a half. And in that time, I want to read to you some of the things I did. Actually, this is all of the things I did. I found the castle. I found an ancient tree. I found a large bell. I found Lover's Lane. I found an archaeological site. I found the key to a workshop. I found a letter of resignation. I found a letter to the mayor. I cut some rebar or something that fell into the mines. I found a wishing well. I had no clue what I was supposed to do, so I put three coins in. Later, well, next, really, I unintentionally found a mouth of truth that told me that tossing coins in there prevents you from waking up in a new village. And then here's the distinct twist, if you have Claudia in your party, is that her dad found me out on the streets and dragged me back home. So there's yet another way you're being hunted here. He says, you belong at home, it isn't safe out here. And the thing is, he's right, and there's probably something to talk about here in Saturnalia, 
horror games writ large about we don't really want to be safe, do we? It's boring. It's boring being locked inside these homes in this cursed village. Uh, and the homes all have really strange architecture that's worth talking about. Um, which is best exemplified by once I snuck out, not once but twice, getting away from Dad's view, I found Umberto's house, a picture of miners from 1956, Found Umberto in an iron lung. Found a badge that apparently belonged to the, quote, guy who became the fucking creature, the game tells me. Making me unintentionally aware of aspects of the story I didn't know were coming, but I think speak to your sense that, hmm, it's a person-sized creature. Um, with the key, I went and turned the electricity on in the dam. And then my dad got me, and I will try it again next time. Um, but just to put a pin in Umberto's house, you know, he's in an iron lung on the top floor, and it's the top floor with, like, four winding stone staircases with furniture arranged very haphazardly. These don't feel like functional spaces, but I don't really question it, but I do keep noticing it. Um, but all these clues are given equal weight as the pasta necklace I found last weekend. And I don't feel like I made any progress, which is fine. There's this strong expectation in games we have to be making progress all the time. Um, but there's just this way Saturnalia, you're sort of like a creature yourself pinned under glass. And you have to just sort of learn to stop thrashing against it. Tuesday, the 7th of March, at 9.40am. Morning, David. I received your poem about being a butterfly under glass, and I thank you. Uh, what a beautiful creature you are. It is Pippin here. And you're saying it's boring to be safe in our awkwardly furnished homes in a cursed village. Is it? Like, I think... I think for me this is one of the key tensions in a lot of these horror games uh, we've been playing, uh, whether it's Amnesia in the preseason, or Mirror Layers, or, or even Resident Evil, although Leon's head-kicking abilities maybe belie this a little bit, but it's that tension uh, between the desire to be safe, which is very human, we don't want people to hurt us, uh, versus the need to go on that's created by the game, right? So. As I leave this message for you, my version of Claudia is hiding in a bin uh, in the village, safe for the moment from the monster, but aware of her drive to find out what happened to her aunt. And, you know, that's one of the interesting things about Saturnalia, and, you know, I've, we've circled around this a bit, but none of the people particularly want to engage with the monster, find out what's going on with the monster, kill the monster, or just stop it. Uh, all of them, or all of us, want to avoid the monster and attend to our own problems. Find out what happened to an aunt, um, find out what the hell is wrong with Damiano, etc. And that refocusing away from the core danger that the world gives you, the monster, uh, gives it room to breathe, right? Loudly, while it stalks us through the streets. But, you know, for the moment, safe in the bin, uh, as Claudia, I honestly, I, I find it hard to get out of these bins that I, that I put myself in. Um, 
I know I have to, right? Um, I know I have to because Claudia has these goals. Uh, they're not going to solve themselves. Um, and also because, you know, it's a video game. I know I'm not allowed to hide forever. That wouldn't be fair or fun. Um, but I still have this very strong sense, you know, it would be nice to just wait it out in the villa or in the bin. Um, it's very strong for me, that drive to be safe uh, and comfortable. Uh, or the bins are probably not that comfortable. Uh, but, you know, again, I know that we cannot. You know, the night will last until all of our quests are done or we're all done for. Um, and that's just the way it is. I'm going to have to get out and walk these streets again. Uh, one quick note on interior design. Uh, my experience of apartment hunting on another Mediterranean island, uh, Malta, when Rila and I moved there back in 2012, suggests that these houses may be pretty accurate. <laughs> there were some weird, weird decisions on show uh, when we looked at a bunch of places. Uh, but for me, I think the most pressing question remains, how are we going to get even with Damiano? Tuesday, the 7th of March, at 6.08pm. Well, you know, Pippin, this is David. I've gotten the ultimate revenge on Damiano, living well by having never met him. Uh, he sounds like a dick, dude. I'm sorry he did that to you. And uh, it wasn't intentional, but just that's not what wound up happening over the course of the last week, or as Saturnalia tells me, over the last four hours in my collecting 50% of the clues. Um, things just stacked elsewhere and I guess you know I know we're running out of tape and I think what mainly strikes me about Saturnalia is this way the monster the big bad i.e. you know the thing whose presence represents horror the most in Saturnalia how it represents risk and how it is the thing risk is gambled on 100% in the game. Uh, I just played for a bit today, about an hour, and as I've amassed more clues, I've been... <laughs> what if Damiano is the monster? I've been just sort of just stunned at like what a bigger jerk the monster has become. I think I got captured about four times in the last hour. Um, and that's just something commendable that Saturnalia does, which is the way it plays with expectations of safety that you think you can get in other games, i.e. half of the time the creature got me. It followed me into one of these buildings, uh, no matter what I did, to try and hide. Um... Which is like, you know, in other games you've sort of been taught, like, oh, well, you know, you go inside, that's off that's off limits for monsters. But not so, not so in Saturnalia. We are never safe. And maybe that's another reason to be reminded that staying inside is not a good idea. Um, how about you? It sounds like you're pretty consumed by a appetite, an unquenchable appetite for revenge. And that doesn't sound... It's not the healthiest choice, bro. Hope you're okay. Thinking of you. This is David. Sorry I keep missing you. Wednesday, the 8th of March, 
at 11.29 a.m. Well, David, it is with great sadness that I say we've got to leave this village where a horned monster is trying to kill us or sacrifice us to Saturn. Um, we started at a point where you saw a demon or something in the church and went on from there to learn a lot about what's going on in Gravois, but not everything. Uh, and one of the things I remember being interested in right up the top, because we played Sweet Home before this, was you know, a different way of handling an ensemble cast in a horror game. And I think Saturnalia, for me, really delivered on that front, most especially because it didn't fall into the gamey trap of basically making characters equivalent to their abilities or their tools. Um, you know, the characters do have unique things about them. Anita can remember directions, and Paul has his Polaroid camera, and Claudia can slip through small spaces. But what really defines them um, are their stories and the reasons that they're in the village. Um, and I think that that all goes towards making it feel significantly more like a real place and them feeling significantly more like real people. And the game is scarier for that or more gripping, let's say. And up top, you also uh, did the, I don't know, the Internet work, the Wikipedia work <laughs> of finding out for us that Saturnalia is a kind of cultural cheat day, as you said. And that really helped to set the scene. And I think it, it has stayed relevant throughout playing the game as as we slowly uncover what's going on in this classic sort of, you know, the locals are creepy, creepy folks uh, kind of trope approaches to horror. Uh, you know, they really put the cult in culture, so to speak. And I really am curious about where it all goes, right? But we're at the end of the tape. Um, and so this morning, just to check it out, I... Um, I let all of the characters get caught on purpose, and something particularly interesting happened with Claudia, which, uh, you know, I won't spoil, I guess, uh, but it was surprising to me. There were still surprises to be had. Uh, and when the last person had been caught, uh, the village did indeed rearrange. There's even a sort of a visual of buildings scraping around on the ground into new positions. And I lost all of my stuff, and I walked out of the villa... And yeah, it was totally different. There were places I had never seen before, right outside, right outside the door, pretty much. Um, so it was going to be a new place to explore and be scared in, which is wonderful. So, you know, I never did escape the village and all of its clues and puzzles and alleys and squares and chains and padlocks. Uh, but that's life sometimes, you know, as Fiona Apple says, though, fetch the bolt cutters. I've been in here too long. End of messages. Thank you for calling. Game Thing. For more information, please hang up and dial Game Thing. Dot life. Goodbye.